welcome back everyone to our two cast number 59 um bit of an interesting one uh, today and i'll get into in a minute why that is but we'll introduce the guys that are on today first uh maria and gordon would you like to say hello hello hi <laughs> that was the cutest <laughs> little, 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 hello hi um before we get on in to another excellent episode of the R2 cast, I would just like to thank the sponsor for the show today, The Scottish Farmer. A weekly magazine highlighting everything you need to know regarding the Scottish agricultural industry, whether it's breaking news, events happening in the sector, market reports, classified ads, or just wholesome stories happening in the industry. The Scottish Farmer's got it for you. So, uh I always felt like I was going to do like a James May and Grand Tour there. Situation Report viewers, um, this is for those that follow R2K on Facebooks and Instagrams, not the first time we have recorded with the three of us. And there's multiple reasons for that. Uh, first off was, um, well, this is one of the reasons, but Gordon basically decided that they weren't good enough with computers and they would quite like the idea of filming it in person and funnily enough about the computer thing they've just proven that as we tried to set this up this evening and uh but the, the the being in person thing was a great idea i really enjoyed it they were over for aaron show which was the, the third of the, uh, august august was a really good day um and the night before once everything was set up we came over and i thought it would be a great idea to introduce these lovely people to aaron gold and uh, we tried some aaron gold and we tried some more and then we tried some whiskey and uh we filmed an entertaining episode a very good episode actually it's very good it is the longest episode i've ever recorded it is the only only episode over 100 minutes and it was 15 minutes over 100 minutes <laughs> Do you know what, Wallace? Well, I don't remember most of it, and I was really scared. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's about it's about three minutes off of two hours. Um, uh, and I started to edit it, thinking this will be easy enough. It was like two screens facing each other, and it took me about three and a half hours, and that had got me to seven minutes. So I bailed out, and I was like, "This is not happening. I can't do this." Uh, so we decided to film it again. Uh, on on the old zooms so um yeah and hopefully uh, it will be maybe an episode that we actually cover everything because we did forget a few things last time um i was heavily pushing trying to get a sponsorship from aaron whiskey and i focused more on that than the guests so um, yeah <laughs> it was good fun it was a good night uh, it, it was a good night <laughs> I, I never actually saw it. Well, I saw you guys the next day. I was obviously quite busy, as were you. Yeah. And uh, but I never came over and spoke to you. But Maria, <laughs> I walked past you at one point with my mate. <laughs> I walked past you. You were leaning against the side of the trailer, and it looked like you had enjoyed your night. <laughs> <laughs> um, we actually had donuts for breakfast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Yeah. <laughs> Weighing on Aaron. I don't know why that because donuts aren't really an Aaron thing, but. Here, enough about our uh, failed escapades at film before. I'm sure this one will be very much up to standard, as was the last one, if it wasn't for the editing side. Um, but could you tell us tell us about yourself, guys? Oh, actually, before we do this, one more thing before they tell us. These are the biggest fans of the R2 cast. Um, <laughs> they, <laughs> they have the, the episode watched almost within the however long that duration of the podcast is after seven o'clock on the Friday evening. Um, super fans, so it must be a big day for them to meet your hero. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Did you tell us? I'm going to go as far as hero, but 
Yeah. We'll, ju- we'll just I'll edit that wee bit out um, uh, because you clearly would, Gordon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> could you tell us a bit about yourselves, guys, from a from a background perspective? Where he's from, farming, where he's from, that sort of thing. Yeah. You want to go first? Um, well, I'm 29 and I'm from Ayrshire. Um, originally, I'm from a like, from a big family. So I'm not from farming, but I'm from a big family, um, and we moved down to Muircrack when I was three years old. So kind of brought up in the country but not in farming. Um, the only kind of relationship I had with farming was really, we were quite lucky that we got a couple of horses when we were younger and kept them on the neighbouring sheep farm. So I got to kind of see him working with his sheep um, and then a tradition that me and my dad still do is we go to land at market every year and buy a turkey. Um, but that's the only kind of thing I had involved in farming. Uh, other than that, I just loved working with animals and been outside, but not from farming. Yeah, yourself, Gordon. Uh, so yeah, I'm not from farming either. I'm from Ayrshire originally. Always stayed in Ayrshire. Uh, I don't really know where my interest in farming actually came from, which sounds a bit ridiculous. Uh, we always kind of kept sort of half a dozen hens in the garden just for eggs for the house for sale. Um, when I was oh, First year or second year, I think it was, I started working at a dairy farm at the weekends, just milkings in the afternoon. Um, and it, I don't know, it kind of just snowballed for there. I was always sort of had an interest in it from from then on. So basically, <clears throat> most of my kind of ad, adult life, first year's not quite adult, but again, like, sort of, yeah, you always had an interest mm-hmm. in agriculture anyway. It's, it's, it's quite hard when, when you haven't always, you know, like, I was just born on a farm. You know, yeah. it was there. I, that was when it was. You know, but when you haven't got that thing that that happened, it's quite hard to pinpoint. But it's um, aye, because it's like it's it's hard looking at it from an outside perspective. Obviously, you've never had that because you've been in it. Yeah. But being, sure. being an outside perspective, I didn't ever speak to anybody about milking, which sounds like right yeah. now sounds ridiculous. But when I was even at school, I never told my friends that I was milking cows at weekends. They kind of knew, but it was never spoke about. And I didn't tell people who were in my class that were from farming. And I know that sounds so ridiculous, but I never spoke to anybody about farming. But I was like, probably because you like you feel like you're maybe like an outside of the farming community, but then you feel maybe a bit <laughs> like the odd one out within like a tiny community because you want to get into uh-huh, farming. So you're, so you're, so you're like, a kind of odd one out yeah. in both. And I'm I'm pretty sure there was other folk that were at school at the same time you felt the same, but nobody would ever say anything. Nobody admit Just, <laughs> I, I, admit, nobody admitted to what I go and milk cows. It sounds ridiculous, I know it does now, but at the time it's it's quite a big thing, I think, mm, yeah. for folk who aren't from farming. I just I didn't know about the the new mills pandemic of of a uh, closet milkers. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's only a few. Years. Don't let out of that. Well, you've just ruined it for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but I get it. Like you said, Maria, it, make, it makes a lot of sense from that perspective. When when you were sort of a youngster, you're only young. Yeah, you're not looking at a career. But was was sheep ever something you're like, oh, that's fun, or or not really? No, I think just too young. I was never like. <laughs> I'm going to say, is this the right word? This is proof I'm going to say. I was never like academic at school. I was very, very average at school. I hated school. You're, you're practical. You're not like, yeah. I, I don't think it's fair saying you are average because you're, can some folk excel being, being practical? 
in terms no, of no, still being academic. Really... So it's... School, school doesn't give you that yeah, opportunity. Yeah, that. That, what, yeah. what kind of... I always said when I was at school was I want to work with animals, I want to be my own boss and I want to have my own land. I've always said that. And I think looking at maybe like the sheep farmer across the road, just him dealing with sheep, him, to me at a young age, I was like, he gets to pick and choose when he works. He, you know, I just, it just looked quite fun mm-hmm. from, from the outside. Um, I, I did. It was never a thing that I was like, oh, I definitely want to get into sheep. I, I, never admitted to, I never admitted I wanted to get into farming until I was, 21. Just after me going to get engaged when when I really admitted that I wanted to be in farming, even though I was working in farming. And that's a bit silly, but it sounds like Gordon when you were at school. I can actually say it. You never said it out loud up until then. Aye, because you were like, ah, fuck, I'm going to laugh at me. And the the longer you leave it, the the longer you leave anything, the more of a thing it becomes. So Mm -hmm. you're like, you know, um, yeah, with everything. Uh, and I think we spoke about this in our first recording, which I'm sure I'm going to say a few times tonight. Um, like, it's a shame that that's a thing, but it's easy to look at it as it's only a thing because it's farming, but it's not. It's a thing with everything, you know. It's just, it's a, it's just another stigma. Like, yeah. Stigmas in so many things, and it's just it's just like, another one that it almost doesn't. I don't feel it's ever spoke about. You just sort of. It's never seen as a career cross. There you go. That's my academia thing coming in. It's not a thing that school guides you towards. And I think mm-hmm. like like rate and stuff like that is hopefully maybe changing the game there, but it's it's not doing that. It's you Does know kind of like go towards more primary school age or is it secondary school as well? So so rate's aimed at primary school. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, and I've spoken a few times. We've got primary school pretty much down with rate. There's a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. We've got education post high school down as well and we're starting to get into high school not with rate this is like with SRUC with things like that um seems like I'm just trying to teach everyone farming when I say that doesn't it um but that's 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 a gap where we've got an issue and we've got to work on it that's maybe the most important bit as well though because that's when you're kind of you have your own ideas it's like that pressure of when you're at school pick your pick your subjects what do you want to do for the rest of your life and you're just like (laughs) <laughs> the thing is, like, when you're, there's certain ages in your life, I don't know when you are, but your brain like soaks up everything that you're told. So Aye. I'm not saying like it should only be farming, like you should be told everything, but you should be told about farming as well. Like, cool. Just simple things like, and it comes to a hen, like milk comes to a cow, like all these like simple yeah. things for folk that are in the like cities and stuff like they don't understand these things. my mom's just looked in trying to be quiet I can see her in the window hello Maria <laughs> everybody just saw that didn't they <laughs> oh she's she, making my mom she's, she's making, making a cake, cake. she wants a recipe this is the rubbish <laughs> thing that not being in person I want a bit of cake <laughs> <laughs> Do you know this is going to turn out the exact same exact as the other same. one? Is. It's fine. I'm on key this time, so it's fine. Um, oh, that's a win. That's a win. Um, turn out as like an alcoholic cake, like a rum cake or something. Um, so you'd sort of find yourself working working on a dairy farm at, at school, uh, uh, Gordon. But you you moved on to to college and and you went went on to do poultry. Could you tell us a bit about that? Was that was that straight from school, or have I I got that a bit wrong? Uh, no, that's uh, that's kind of how it happened. But I left school and went and worked uh, the summer when I left school before I started college. I worked in a hatching. Um, so basically, there there was chicks, broiler chicks, so like your 
basically roasting chickens or table birds, however you want it. We hatched them out and then they were sent out to breeding farms for there. That was my first sort of experience in commercial poultry. Although that hatchery, in terms of like the size of hatches, was pretty small. We had two hatcheries and I think we did about 30, what's it, 37,000 roughly each day. So you're in about sort of 75, 80,000. Is that right? Yeah. Well, right there. Again, it was that, that was the kind of numbers that we were sort of hatching every week. And then they were sent away to green farms and then went on that route. And I think that was what I did before college. Um, and then I started college with an HNC and poultry production uh, off and crew. Um, I, that was like sort of straight for school kind of thing. I, I, I finished up, I actually got into the course because I'd worked over the summer. Because, like Maria said, like none of us are really the most academic people, we're more practical. So because I, I didn't do that well in my exams at school, which I think is almost quite important for folk like looking at like careers and stuff, you don't necessarily have to be academic to have a career in something. Very I don't much. Sound in a bad way, like that sounds quite bad, but like there's other ways into any, like not just farming, like, any industry. If you're keen enough and you can work and folk, so you get there. Like it's honestly so true, and I've I don't know if you saw I put a post up about that on results day, and uh, I, I think there's like this push by schools, and I'm not calling out schools, but I am kind of that. It's if you're not good at this one, two, three, four, eight subjects, whatever it is, you're gonna fail. <laughs> I always felt that was the vibe that teachers gave off, and I'm like, oh my god, there's so much more stuff here. Like, you know, um, and and like you guys are saying, you're saying it yourself. Like, as as with the story will go today, proof proof of it, and and it, it's it's good to see. And what what did that year involve, Gordon? Did poultry? So we're basically we're the course was it was. I felt it was more sort of favoured towards the broiler side. So it taught you about like the sort of parent stock that produced the eggs that were then hatched, which I'd sort of done in the summer before. Although I didn't learn about it, I'd done the sort of practical side of it. Uh, yeah, it taught us about like the, the parent stock, the hatching of the eggs, the rearing of the birds, the, the sort of day-to-day management of that, because their weight gains are, that it's all sort of number-based in terms of it's like grams per day that they have to be gaining to get to a yeah. certain weight. It's not like a, or just keep feeding them and they'll be fine kind of thing. It's it's very much like weigh them every single day, feed them this amount, and this is the weight they'll gain in this time. It's it's a very technical thing, I think. In like poultry as a whole, in comparison to other aspects of farming, I'm not like saying they're not techie, but like in in terms of numbers and things. Um, no, I mean, they're not techie. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep, so we did that side of it, and we did, there was like obviously a layer element to it as well. So the same sort of things were layers like the production now, and how long you kept the birds for their sort of management of them, your general husbandry, your um, sort of feeding stuff for them both, like the whole, just sort of learning a, a pretty good foundation for the whole industry, basically. Um. The, the, when you're talking about the weighing there, is the, and that's probably a daft question, I assume that's batch weighing. <laughs> it's not like per bird, because that would just be insane, impossible time-wise, I assume. Um, like 100 <laughs> at a time, or how does that work? No, so you kind of... Oh, see, broilers only... I've, I've only sort of learned the theory of broilers other than what right. I've never really worked with them. But with the layers, what you, the, the proper way of doing it basically is 
you're paying off, you're going to your shed and you're paying off, say, 50 or 100 birds, and you weigh those birds individually, and then you get an average weight of those birds, and then, like, you'll do that in maybe eight, six or eight places within the shed, and then you get an average of the weight of the hen. So you'll take them from different places. So the ones that are down, sort of lower in your system, higher up in like, different places, so that you're getting a sort of even variety. A, a variety of birds and you get a variety of weights and you can really tell how well your flock's doing through that. That sounds insane. I would never have thought, I thought that was a really stupid question. As far as yeah. I remember, actually, the broilers, it was you would, I think, you would get like a basket, you'd do like 10, right? 10 birds in it, and then obviously, whatever your weight was, you got an average of that kind of thing. So, that was more a sort of batch weighing type thing, yeah. Um, I mean, forgetting the broiler layer difference there, that's really putting your eggs in one basket, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I, would up, I would stand up and slap my knee, but I just look <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to go in a really weird way here. I've sort of went with education for you first, Gordon, but I'm going to go, and then I'm going to go into sort of employment. I'm going to go the other way, Maria, for you, purely because of the way it happened chronologically. Um, so you both sort of talked to this next, next part, maybe yourself a bit more, Gordon, but... Um, you found yourself at Old Houseburn, Old Houseburn, I guess is the correct way of saying it. Uh, how did you both come to be there? Um, <laughs> I, I started at Old Houseburn part-time, so I was at Oak Ridge College for two, two years prior studying equine. Um, I only went and studied equine because it was, I enjoyed my horses. Um, and I went through a bit of a rough patch of depression. My mum was like, why don't you go study equine? So I was like, yeah, I will. So I moved up to Oak Ridge and done that for two years. But I always knew I didn't want to work with horses because it's like slave labour, the amount of stuff you have to go through. Honestly, as the equine industry is totally buggled. Um, but I just done it because I enjoyed it. Um, but I left Oak Ridge after two years and looking for a part-time job or a full-time job. And yeah, living in your Kirk, I just went up and asked if we had any jobs going and we had a part-time position. So that's how I kind of ended up there. It was just by chance because I lived down the hill. Was it because I wanted to uh, work in poultry? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just wanted a job, but I wanted it to be in agriculture. You mean was this is not... <laughs> uh, like you said earlier on, you never actually said you wanted to work in agriculture before that. No, I didn't you, you, you were looking at jobs in like... Ireland and everything, eh? Oh, like equine jobs in like Ireland and Aberdeen. <laughs> Aberdeen. So, before I was there, <laughs> uh, just to go back maybe a year or so before that, I it was actually the guy that was doing the groundworks for the shed that was being built at Old House Burn originally. Knew my dad, my dad's a plumber. So he contacted my dad to actually fit a toilet within the shed. And then that was how I found out about it. And I kind I think I actually went with him. And like when he went to see the job, just because I was interested in poultry. Um, and I think I potentially sent him my, my CV. I think I did actually after that. Um, and the phone went, and it, like it's kind of what you get when you apply for jobs like that. Well, we're not looking for anybody just now, but I'll keep your CV in file. And I was like, Fair enough, whatever. Like, I'll never hear from you again. Sort of yeah. thing. Uh, I got another job 
at a different poultry farm. It was a cage unit um, producing eggs, and they had a sort of part-time processing plant as well. They were it was quite small, but it was a kind of niche thing that they did. Um, so I was there for about some nine, ten months. And then they'd actually phoned me. I was talking to them about this the other day. Remember? Like, surely phoned me. And I came home and dad was like, oh, like there was somebody from a, a farm in your cut. Remember, we went to see it. It was somebody called Shirley who phoned me. And you'll make your phone or that. I was like, aye, aye, all right. And that was kind of the extent of it. So I was like, well, I've got a job. Like, why am I going to phone somebody else for a job? And it was like a few days later, I think she'd phoned again. And then dad was like, oh, here's his mobile number. So she phoned me mobile and I was like, right, okay, I'll come up. And I basically went up and they sort of showed me around about the shed and things and said, like, you can start if you want, let us know. So I did, and I was there for, nine what was it, nine years? Yeah. Basically nine years I was there. I was there two and a half years. Yeah. Do you know what's, do you know what's funny? <laughs> when you sort of said that story, Gordon, I, I, I should really have remembered a lot of this stuff and remembered... <laughs> I, I realised
Well, you can tell us, Maria. Tell us, tell us about the first time. Tell us about the, the time <laughs> you your meet cute, the, the, the adorable time you came together for the first time. It was very romantic. I was running eight, and yeah, and the girl that I was Even she didn't know. <laughs> the girl I was actually with, romantic. I never knew that. She, she said to me, she's like, oh, the boy the other shed, he's just texted me. He's coming up here. He's got eggshell in his eye. And I was like, how? Like, how? Unless you're literally just going with an egg in your eye. How is that happening? It's because I heard you rocking at me. It's because I smashed an egg in my eye and I just got it <laughs> Was Shut that so you couldn't see, or was that? <laughs> I was, I've, I've heard about it, I don't want to see anymore. So that was the first time we met, wasn't it? The addiction, you know? And you laughed at me, thought she's a gamer like him. Not quite, not quite. Cute. cute. Oh, what a cute little story. <laughs> That's up there with uh, Mel and Martin's um, meeting story. I love a wee meeting story. They're good fun when I do the dual podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> the- <laughs> I, I probably could say you sold it a bit better when you were steaming. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I think I went on to the second and third time I met him when he, he you did, yeah. gig tickets and things. Yeah, I thought we were just going to get like a date for the, every date you'd have for the last <laughs> years that night. To be honest, um, yeah, no, quite quite a funny one. So, so how long, how long after you started did you both leave? Did you leave at the same time or no? No, I left first, so I was there two two and a half years full time and a bit a wee bit longer part-time um but I left basically I had just I had learned all I could and I wasn't going to progress in the job um yeah. and kind of I learned I think I learned with some Gordon um I I couldn't progress I thought I want to try something different now um, and that's when I applied to study SRUC again and do agriculture so it's got a bit of sense not been to me when to do you, agriculture <laughs> That was when you finally sort of said, yeah. you said to me you actually wanted to work in agriculture, you'd done it clean, yeah. essentially plainly, for something. Plainly for my mental health, I think, actually, just to I do something that I enjoyed at the time. That is, oh, that is, oh, that's something to do. It sounds bad that you enjoyed it. And mm. then, oh. Oh, you, after you actually started working in agriculture, you thought, no, I, I can actually say this is what I wanted to yeah. do. Because the other thing, that other, it wasn't just us then that, weren't from agriculture. The other people we were working with weren't from agriculture either. Yeah. Uh, okay. The other people uh, within the poultry shed. So yeah. it but was we were all the ones that wanted to do it. Uh uh-huh, we like, were we were on the ones that were actually interested in the industry as a whole. Yeah. So it, it sort of normalized not being from the industry and working in the industry. Yeah I never with, that. without I without us actually realising it but it probably made the special media more comfortable and actually admitting that that's what she wanted to do and then yes. going on to study. No, that seems... No, but it, it probably is the word, though. Mm-hmm. When you when you talk about earlier, you know, it probably is the word and, and it's good that you sort of came around to realise, that. well, no, I don't have to hide this. Yeah. Well, I have you well, if, you, if you do farming, you have to be born into it and I thought, I, at the time, a young, a young girl saying, I want to... <laughs> I want to be a farmer. I want to, I want to be farming. Especially not like, coming from farming and being a woman. I was like, people are going to laugh at me. As you say, it sounds bad, but like because you're a woman in general. Yeah. It makes it yeah, worse. Well, it's horrendous. But I mean, you'd said before that one of your podcasts, did you not say you were 65% of farmers in the world are women? Yeah, it's, it's like, and now that's the world though. It's I think it's 67, yeah, yeah. something like that. But so it's, in from what I understand, the UK, that's the other way around. Um, yeah. Maybe not as far the other way around, but uh, globally, yeah. Um, the man will go out and do the making money, and the 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 woman will uh, 
farm the land, you know, over the courses of like South America, Indonesia's Africa's that sort of thing. Um, but as the story will go, you've proved that whole woman person not from farming, both of you don't think you're a woman, Gordon's 2022, I can't assume. Um, that, you know, <laughs> that, uh, that, that doesn't matter. And, and you're proof of that, and we'll get into that. But could you tell us about your experience at college, Maria? Uh, what did second time, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, my experience of it. Do you know what? I was actually quite fascinated when I went. I don't know if you remember. Most of my most of my class was uh, young girls. I don't even know if you remember. It was, yeah. Um, um, and I was really Martin. 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 Martin the only... uh, Duncan. James. Oh, it was Duncan that year. Yeah. James that year. No, different. You never make me. Yes, I was quite surprised going in. I was quite nervous, obviously, because I was like, I'm not from farming. Um, but seeing it was quite a lot of women, I was like, right, this is okay. But I was the only one not from farming. Um, right. But everyone, everyone was so welcoming. Which yeah. I was yeah. about. Um, and funnily enough, me working in poultry and maybe hearing things from like you about even some of the stuff you heard with the sheep, there was things that I knew in farming that people that I made friends with didn't know. So you kind of actually bounce off each other and learn things off each other, which I was kind of like, wasn't expecting. It's, it's like that though, and, and being a student, when I was a student for five years, the amount of times you find, like you, you had the thing you knew about farming, yeah, poultry was a thing you were, you were aware of, but people also, if they're new to it entirely, people know something about something different. Hi. And you learn that, and, and it's more than just what's in the curriculum that you learn, so it's, it's good that way. I'm just actually going through in my head that, would it be you, Charlotte, was Sophie that year? Yep. Um, uh, Emma was Ag Science, wasn't she? Heather, of course, yeah. Yeah, she was Ag Science. Emma, yeah. Caitlin, Martin. Oh, Caitlin, that's right, yeah, of course. No, that's not right. The year, the year above me <coughs> was similar. Maybe not quite as one-sided, but, uh-huh. I mean... I can think of one, two, three, four, five guys, and I think there were 17 in that group. Um, okay. Ours was very much more the other way. We had 17, and we had Shannon, Lisa, Amy, Brogan. Oh, that's bad. Four or five uh, girls. So it was a wee, it's, well, not a huge turnover, but it's yeah. quite weird how it's just massive. Because yeah, massive um, when I was at Oak Ridge, I would say it's maybe more of an even split from what I looked at. And outside the, the ads, I would always... God, they were like a little clan. Like you never see them apart. They were just hunters of them. No wonder I was nervous about going out into the farm. I was like, I don't belong in this group. Just a proper force field around. Yeah, it. yeah. The shirts on. Your first check shot yet? You couldn't do that. <laughs> oh, that was the thing with the island show, wasn't it? Uh, uh, but, uh, no, I I really enjoyed my time at Air. Um, I was most looking forward to the livestock modules, but what surprised me was the the soil and the agronomy <laughs> was my favourite by far. The Jeremy, yeah. he, yeah, a great he guy. was by far the best lecturer. Well, for me, anyway, I just thought he was brilliant. Yeah. He's like one of those guys, you, just, you ask him anything, and he just knows the answer. He is insane that way. I mean, oh. he's it's weird, right, because I'm now his colleague, right? And, yeah. Um, He'll come into office and I just feel like I'm a student again. I'm like, Jeremy, tell me about your trip to Borneo. Like, you know, 
where are we going on the map today? And he knows exactly where his little, no, little massive uh, central pivot irrigation is in this map. of just like, the perfect here we are. Oh, love it. Absolutely love it. Great guy. Great guy to learn from both, like you're saying, as a student and then now for myself. Um, I work with him. Lecture as well. Yeah. Great guy. So um, I'll make sure he listens so he hears that. <laughs> I told him that you mentioned that you might not remember this, but you mentioned that the last time um, as oh, well. So. I told him that, yeah, I told him. Oh, Ross doesn't remember me. No, that's what he said. Who's that? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Probably that. I mean, wait, not. was that the girl that was really, really shit at maths? <laughs> that's me, me and Heather. We were so bad at maths. You always used to say that, and you're like, sorry, because Jeremy actually helps me. He helps so me and okay. Heather with maths all the time because we couldn't. No, oh, maths is so that's, that's why Jeremy was one of my favourite lecturers because, and this sounds cocky, it's not cocky, it's just, it's, it's what happened for a really niche reason. He absolutely loved me as a student because it was it was all maths, yeah, a lot of it was maths, resource management, whatever, all that sort oh, of thing. Okay. And I would just sit there and answer things like that without a calculator, and he was like, we have a genius here. And then he realised, you know, I forgot my name, I could just count, like, uh, <laughs> it was, it was, it was he would just be like, Wallace, right, uh, central pivot, 50 metre radius, what area is that? And I'm like, eh, uh, you know, it's a shout the ads, right? So it was, uh, yeah. Um, but no, very good classes. Uh, but yeah, so two years you did, Maria? Yeah, HNC, HND. Yeah. Kind of wish I stayed on for my degree, but at that point I kind of had enough of... Um, you were scurring up the study. I was scurring up the study yeah, yeah. and then I went on and done calf reading. I'm still doing that part-time, actually. Calf reading. Oh, right. I, I maybe did. Did I know that? Maybe I did. Um, <laughs> oh, I was milk. I was milk recording when I was studying it because I had two jobs when I was studying. So I was working for the SBC, milk recording, studying. No wonder I was skinny actually. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I went on down calving and milking, and I'm still at that farm now um, at Brownhill. Still there. Oh, you're Brownhill. Hi. How's you? Definitely didn't say that last time. I know. No, you didn't. Just ah, assume people know because I've been there. You've been there a while now. Yes. How's uh, how's Parky doing? I haven't seen him in forever. I uh, do you know what? See, I you can learn a lot off of him as well. Yeah. Parky's brains, I think. Other guy. Really, yeah, he is. Um, I actually think Gordon and him. See if you said a talk about genetics. Although he'd be genetic with cows and we'd be with chickens. I think. Yeah, I could sit and listen to these and go, "Oh my god." Learn still, quite a lot. There's things that I see working in dairy now that. Uh, you can see the kind of genetic. I know that sounds silly, but like because I'm kind of interested in genetics, I'm like, yeah, yeah. That cow's like that because of that. Like you get, like dairy cows. Are, I think there's such a variation in them because you have. Maybe sounds silly. You have like heavier, like fat cows and like leaner cows. Yeah, and stuff. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of my background in poultry, I'm like, oh, that's all genetic. Yeah. Um, well, there's they're certainly a massive part of it because chances are they're going to be in similar rations. So, oh, yeah. I just, uh -huh. to me, all that, everything that happens because of the way I work in poultry, it's like that hen does everything because of her genetics. Like she eats the amount she does, she behaves the way she does, she lays the size, shape, colour of eggs she does because of genetics. So I'm like, surely a dairy cow's exactly, not exactly the same, but like everything that she does, like a... a, a it's not exactly the same, but it's very much um, like as it is with us, as it is with sheep, as it is with whatever. Um, and and on that, on that, Gordon, on sort of poultry genetics and whatnot, um, 
And and I'm going to tell, I'm going to say before he says this, so he can't do it again. When he explained this last time, he undersold it so much, right? I know what they're going to say, and I've been thinking about a better answer, and I haven't got one. <laughs> well, basically, tell us about Germany um, and why I'm bringing Germany up, and then I'll ask you the exact same question <laughs> after and see if you do. But... Do you know what I'm feeling? I don't know what the question is. I'm like... I know what no, you don't know anything, do you? I want to actually yeah. have a better answer. Right. Right, okay, t- forget, just, just tell us about Germany. What was Germany? <clears throat> right, so Germany's this country, right? So I can't <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nah, so basically when I was working, when I was working at Old House Farm, the breeder birds that they had were, it was Lomans, so you, they've got different variations of a bird kind of thing. Um, yep. So that breed company invited me to go to Germany to learn more about their breed. I'm not saying this to you as a question because I feel like I'm <laughs> not saying the right thing. Uh, aye, so I was invited to go to Germany by Loman GB. There was only a selected sort of There's only 20 or 20, 30 yeah. folk like globally got invited every year to it. Um, the idea was that you were you would go out and they would teach you everything about their breed and how to manage it properly and improve on your production from it. And yeah, basically, yeah, your, your production, I think that kind of sums it up, basically. Yeah, getting the best out of that. Yeah, and it gave you it gave you a good chance to meet other producers from all over the world, basically, that some of them didn't necessarily even have Lomans. Most of them had some Loman in some way or another, but some of them had other breeds. Um, you know, high, I, I was always kind of between Highline and Roman. Um, right. Were the two kind of main ones at the time, I feel. And, and when when we filmed the last time, um, due to the fact I'd had one or two Ribenas, uh, the way I asked this next question was quite rude, actually. Um, I think what oh, I said... I <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think what I said was basically, why did they pick you? <laughs> I don't right. think you said why did they pick you. I think you just went why you. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I said. Why you? That was it. That was it. And oh and in fairness, trying to work out a better way to say it is quite difficult because Can't I do mean that. I don't mean it like <laughs> why in God's earth did they choose you? But Gordon's answer last time was, oh, I don't know. Just just like they they must just like me a bit. And I'm like, Gordon, there's twenty folk from the whole planet. <laughs> Why? It must be more than oh, you know, he had a nice t-shirt on, you know, like, oh <laughs> must be gosh. some reason. But like, I, oh, I, do you know what? I, I kind of, I'm, I'm, gonna I'm, gonna I'm you're laughing because I'm, I, <coughs> I can't even think of a better answer other than it was ever. Uh, oh, what was it? What was it? Was it technical? I think he's a lot smarter. And he's actually got a lot more potential than what he actually will ever admit to. You're, he absolutely does. Okay. Yeah. He is not. I think, I think I think I've got a lot of knowledge. Like I can sit here, I can sit and talk to you about Haynes for the next like three years. Like easily. I could just talk to yeah. you about stuff. But I don't that's my life, by the way. I, that's my life. <laughs> but if, if somebody asks me things, I always doubt myself and I'm like, oh no, I don't know the answer to that. When I do, but I think. Essentially, I was asked to go to Germany because somebody else, like Maria, saying, saw, oh, they saw potential in me and they saw that I had a serious, genuine interest in poultry and the industry as a whole. Um, Which and, I think and, is quite weird. Yeah. yeah. 
Very, you know I mean? <laughs> oh, you did you not say you were not many folk have the qualification you have? Yeah, so when I went to college, there was seven people started the course, started HNC and five. Five, I think it was, finished it. Yeah. So the the guy from uh, Lowman GB, Kenny Shaw, I think he'd studied poultry. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he actually knew anybody else who had studied poultry, which sounds mad, but it does. He, it does. He, he knew like so many folk within the industry because his job, he'd worked at like worked at Gonrath for I don't know how many years, and then he went to work at Bowman, and he'd been at he'd been at a lot of different places. So he knew a lot of people in the industry. Right. Knew anybody else that was that interested to actually go and study it? Um, but you also you also progressed working. I progressed working. You progressed working at that farm from like the the shed worker to then the supervisor to then managing it, and like, you were always a go to, and you you just ran everything. Just you just knew what you were doing. Oh, like the I got to a point where anything to do with the poultry. So like the there was the guys for like the genetics companies. So like the like Kenny was at time for Loman, and then there was uh, Elwin from Highline and mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. and then there was other feed companies as well. They they basically phoned me. Like they didn't bother with anybody, they just phoned me and they're like, right, are, you, are you needing this? Are you wanting that? What are we doing about this? What are we doing about that? Yeah. Um, I'm coming in this day's that. So, you yeah, like, it wasn't, I know that sort of sounds obvious as being part of a manager, but. But it was like, what, the, the rations and things like that, and the uh, speed and what. Uh, you, yeah, like, you, I, uh-huh, I knew, I, knew I, ju- I just know it. If you know what I mean, like, I know that sounds yeah. so funny, but I think, um, for Kenny's point of view, he saw that in me, mm-hmm. he saw that. I was picking these things up and I was paying attention to how everything was going and I was keen to learn more and go forward. And it was it was that that he saw in me, I think, that is potentially in all the places he was in Scotland, we didn't see anybody else who was as enthusiastic or keen to. I would I would say you've answered that much better this time. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> so absolutely. I'll 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 go back, I'll I'll edit that one bit out. Uh, the the one from the first one and send you <laughs> <laughs> you just like i'm like why why are you and you're like they shouldn't have taken me <laughs> mm-hmm. like, yeah. and i was that keen to go because it cracked oh, and it was gosh. it was basically everything was all paid funds at free dental weeks it's quite funny i mean we originally spoke at, at the highland um or not originally, but when we spoke at the highland yeah. uh, that was one of the things you mentioned and I'm like, oh this is gonna be class can't wait to ask him and he's like uh, no, nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, much much better. I'd say on on that one. On that one going. Um, <laughs> uh, you so so Maria had left to go to college. Uh, how long were you still um, working there for? Nine months. How long was I still there? Um, nine months after. Right. When did you when did you start college? September. Sorry, I should know these things. Like, you you must have started college in September 2018. 17. Was no, it 17? Married 2018. Because you were there. You were forced. You were in first year. Is that right? I graduated in 18. That's right. 2017. Yeah, so you started September 17, and I left December 18. What was it? No, you were married. You were married October 18. I didn't just leave a few months after you. No, I left. I left in the. You're saying September. March. I... No. I left in the spring and I was milk recording all summer. Oh, and right. then, I, then I started 
Aye. Sorry, I that's it was you left before you, you didn't leave to go straight to college. No, I aye. left and I started out recording and then I got and then I was in college mate. Aye, so I, I left December twenty seventeen. So like nine months later. Uh huh, aye, sorry, nine months later. Maria's always right. And look, yeah, <laughs> that's a word out. Um I was, I was speaking to someone recently and they were talking to their daughter and they were like, Oh, she's seventeen in March and she was like, February dad. That's like oh, <laughs> That'll be me because I don't I'm terrible with like time frames or stuff. <laughs> like now I'm getting so much worse because I'm like this is all rolling into one and uh, he's got so much on. And do you know, Maria, one thing we didn't talk about last time, uh. <laughs> along with the list of four hundred, uh, we <laughs> seemed to miss <laughs> was uh, we didn't really go into milk recording. Milk recording's a job that a lot of people find their way into agriculture with. Um and tell us about it. What's it involve? Um <clears throat> I actually did. It's probably one of my favourite jobs. Um, so basically, you have to do like the data side. So you do usually it would be like two milkings you record. So you'd go in the afternoon, and I'd go like an hour, an hour and a half before the milking start, and I'd get all the farmers' data in. So all these dry cows, um, anything that's been called, um, put all that information in, and it basically flings up your your numbers, your plots, set all that up. And then when he's milking, you basically take, I'm not sure, I'm not sure quantity-wise, but you basically take a sample of every cow's milk. Oh, right. I don't think I actually realised that. Right, okay. Yeah. Oh, um, I should know what they're called, but it's these little containers. You agitate the milk. So it's like right. your milk and cow, and it's like every, every cluster's kind of like... The ones that we've got, ours are slightly different because it's not... A you basically, you basically agitate the milk, and it gives yeah. you a small sample. Um, pair for that cow um, and then you go again in the morning and take another sample from each cow right. it's quite, you've got to be on the ball with it, you need to be paying attention all the time because you can't mix up milk samples Aye. I mean in case any, any cows have got yonis or whatever um, but I, I love that job I think yeah. I had what, 14 or 16 farms I had right, okay. around Ayrshire, um, self-employed um, I, I, I actually loved it I think you... it gave me a wee bit of confidence going into a uh, college because I was starting to go into other farms and I wasn't afraid to go well I'm new to it because I was like I'm new to it so I'm still learning um, and getting familiar with farm names and farmers around about and I kind of felt a bit more confident myself maybe as well. Yeah. It helps, it does, especially in farming that sort of getting onto other farms and whatnot and it, it's, to be honest in my job it's probably something I'm not doing enough just uh -huh. because farm I'm in, the, the job I'm in. Yeah. Um, did you work for the same company that Mary Fisher did? You'd have been just after how you started if you did. I worked for NMR. I can't remember. Yeah, but yeah. Um, no, a good job. And, and it's a job that a lot of folk have, that are sort of on the periphery and into agriculture jump into at first. Yeah. And, yeah. I think from what I kind of understand, when I kind of left the job after what, a year and a half, two years, yeah. <laughs> they were struggling for people. Right, okay. I don't know if it's just the early mornings, like literally getting shot on. I'm going, I love this job, but I did. <laughs> I think it almost... It Perfect. Can I give you a, an insight into it? I say an insight, I don't know if that's quite the right word, but it gave you a, a step into the industry and it you sort of speaking to other farmers yeah. and things. It sounds stupid like to speak to I a farmer because if you don't know any you're farmers... Very, you're very much like you've been in poultry so long, now you're working at a dairy farm, but I've done like different things like milk recordings, calf rearing, milking, lambings. You? I've probably done a wee bit more of everything, but just a wee bit, just to try it. 
Yes. You probably, you probably yeah, get I mean, more experience in, in more areas. Whereas I'm very like, I was just poultry and just dairy. Aye. I wouldn't and, say I've got more experience, but I would just say I'm more familiar with different systems. You've experienced more areas. Aye. You've been in like right, right techies systems at rotaries and stuff, mm. and you've also recorded Nabaya. Oh, like yeah, that's, that's the fun. extent of the, yeah. the oh, like the, the different types of systems whereas I've been in they're getting a sample for cow on that side and then they're moving the cluster and I'm like oh my god yeah no it sounds good times it sounds good times um it's funny that that uh, we're recording a buyer there's a guy I had on uh, if you watch YouTube, you'll hear heard of him. If you don't, you probably won't have the funky farmer Richard Cornick. And uh, they, had, you've had him on. Uh huh. Okay, yeah. Oh yes, you, you know. Of course, you know him. That's right. Of course, you'll have listened seventeen times. Um, <laughs> but he we are all your views. Ah, you like know that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it had really flown up since you found the podcast. <laughs> but his his biggest uh, YouTube video has nineteen million views. And it is just of him sitting milking in the barn parlour. Uh, it's, oh. I think it's big in India. I think it blew up. That, in... There was that TikTok I made of milking. I sped it up. Remember? Yeah, you didn't get. You didn't get ninety million views. Uh, there's potential, Maria. There's potential. <laughs> 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 give, 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 it give it time. Give it time. Give it time. If TikTok's still around in two thousand nine hundred and forty, we might be at ninety. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. When you keep checking to see, oh, can it, when it's up at twenty, yes, that's because you've just watched it again. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, very good. Very good. But, uh, <laughs> I, I, I can't fully remember exactly when the sort of time zones were here. If you started in twenty seventeen, you would have graduated twenty twenty, late twenty twenty. Is that right? I got that right. I left. I left twenty nineteen. I left after HND. I should have stayed on. That's a regret. Thought... I, I regret it's not staying on for my degree actually. Sorry, twenty nineteen course. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. 2017, 2018. 2018, 2018. Ah, yeah, that's Aye. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so just before COVID then, uh, what would that be? Six six or eight, no, no, ten months before COVID. Um you would have graduated and, and COVID, COVID came around and, and we all had a two-week holiday, apparently. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I think it was supposed to be at the time. Um, but it was around this time and I'm beginning to realise as we've gone here, sort of the, the memories I've got of, of the discussion last time, I don't think we were completely accurate when we spoke about it last time because yeah. <laughs> some things I'm like, where were we here? I can't remember, we could have been, maybe I was wrong. Um, was, was COVID what spurred on, well, no, it wasn't what spurred on, Weebrun Hens was around before COVID, um, but where did Weebrun Hens come from? What what started it? I think it would be a good way to look at this, given we had the discussion last time, was you guys were in a place with 96,000 hens, and that changed somewhat. That went down a little bit. <laughs> I hope you've kicked your feet up and got comfy and enjoying another fantastic episode of the R2Cast with another really interesting guest. I would just like to quickly take another second to plug the sponsors of the show today, The Scottish Farmer, and I would strongly advise you to go out and pick one up this week and see even more of the fantastic people that are in our industry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I, oh, uh, I left because 
we kind of just we kind of just all spoke about oh wouldn't it be great if we had our own hens because I was like Gordon knows his stuff <laughs> so it'd be all right. Abby's <laughs> like how it can I I wanted a I'd been working with big numbers and I I said in my head I was like I could have sixteen thousand hens like that's not a lot <laughs> like because I was used to ninety six thousand I was like right, yeah. sixteen's easy I can do that in my sleep it's practically a part time job to me because I've been doing it for the, which sounds a bit. Sort of blase. It's not really like that. Like, there's obviously a lot to it, but um, I so I kind of looked into that side a bit, and I realised that that wasn't really feasible. Not <laughs> not being from farming or anything to like. Basically, it was, wasn't it? I love it. I love it. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. I love it. Oh, uh, when you actually start doing the summons and stuff like that, this just isn't going to happen. And I was like, I need to do something. I, I said, I need to. I wanted to do something for myself because I felt. I gained enough, no, not gained enough knowledge. I just felt I could, I just felt I could do it myself. Aye. It sounds quite. But we, but okay, we could. But we, I had I, to bring Gordon back down and go. We don't shit money. <laughs> what are you <laughs> talking about? And we don't own any guns. No, exactly. Enough, exactly. Yeah. So I kind of want to change as well, mix things up a wee bit, um, but want to stay with agriculture. And I heard about a job through. A fencer actually, um, about a job in a dairy farm, and I was like, right, okay, so I because, went, because, yeah. because of biosecurity, if we wanted to, to start a little business, we couldn't work on like Gordon couldn't be working on the poultry farm right. for yeah. biosecurity. Uh, so, so I basically I heard about a job in a dairy farm, went and spoke about it, sounded really good, um, and I went for it. And that, it was kind of, I was to be fair, I didn't just decide overnight, it wasn't a drop in a hat thing because I'd been in that for so long. Um, I was nervous about it. I was like, I'm ever going to actually work in poultry again, which sounds ridiculous now, but at the time I was like, that's my like poultry's my thing, like it's what it's what I do, it's what I know. I've been to Germany. While Maria was trying to bring me back to Newcastle and get away for 16,000 hens. <laughs> I just basically said to Gordon, I was like, we need to just start. Just so... do something. So Don't I sit ordered, and talk about it, do something. I ordered, we ordered 30 hens and we bought an old gum shed, shed off, gum tree. off a gum tree. And oh, the guy that you're working for now, Alec, he he said you can use this patch of ground on my farm. Which he, he had hens on it years ago. Yeah, so we just we just started with 30 hens. And I think I posted, a, I, I opened like a little Facebook page and I posted a picture and went, these hens are 17 weeks old or something like that. And I was like, they'll be laying... Soon. No, we'll be eggs soon. If anybody and wants. If you want eggs, let me know. <laughs> so that was, that's going to That was basically it. Is that the photo that it was like at the side of a shed and there was hens in this thin race? Because I always remember you posting that. And uh, I remember I shared your page. I don't know if you started your page before me, but you must have. Um, exactly. uh, that was 2018. Oh, so you started two years before that then. So, I, yeah, it when must have been uh, eight, April 2020. No. Did you not start? Did you not have the page before that? April 12th, 2020, yeah. That's when I started the Facebook page. I thought it was before that. I thought you were before. I thought it was a year before that. Before. There was an Instagram with 17 photos on it uh, from 2017. 27 photos. Oh, uh, 17 photos, yeah. So, no, not really. Oh, April. It's not a year before that. 
I didn't think it was a year, but I thought it was. Well, I thought it was twenty nineteen, but no. No, it's only it's only two years at the minute. Um, so you did you start now? Your people in farming was that. People in farming started. Uh, I, th- I think it was the twenty fourth of July, twenty twenty. Was that? Yeah. Flavian, F- Flavian Obiero, number one. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but sorry, yes. Um, well, so, post up thirty hens. Yeah, and once I, once they started laying, I just kind of posted a couple of pictures, and I can I was freaking out. I said to my mum, "What have I done? What have I actually done?" I was like, "What if nobody buys these eggs? What am I going to do?" Um, because it was it was suddenly we had the pressure of. 30 hens were laying us roughly 27 eggs a day. Yeah. And about, yeah. It was suddenly the pressure then of getting rid of 27 eggs every day. Right. Sounds, sounds mental, but when we were used to working in such big numbers, it was like, it's only 30 hens. But suddenly when you no, have that, I've not mentioned. It was actually, it. it was a, a small grant I got from SRUC and Ian, and I don't know how to do this anymore. It was open to people not from farming backgrounds. I think it was the... I want to say Thomas. Oh my god. Yes. Yes. Did it still do that? It's still around. Is it? No. Oh, I can't remember his name. I want to say Lamb. I want to say Thomas Lamb. Thomas. No, it's not. He's like travelled the world and he's, I think, if it's there's a Thomas something. No, 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 that's, not, that's, that's this, this guy was, he was, he was, it was, it was, it was a thing, I got an email up from SRUC when I was studying there the first year, basically it was a small grant open to people not from farming that would help you do courses or anything you want to do, to connect, yeah. right, and basically it came about because this young boy, I want to say from Straven, I think he wasn't from farming background, but was keen to study agriculture, I think he died at 16. Yeah, actually. Oh, no, no. Oh, no. do they not do that anymore? No, no, well, no, like, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just, I've really? never heard of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's yeah. basically, that's how I, I could afford to buy 30 hens in an old garden shed. That's how I started it. Essentially, yeah. what, what the money gave us was, uh, uh, it gave us money to buy a shed, buy the first 30 hens. I was like, a feeder, a drinker. Oh, my God, some egg boxes and labels. Some egg boxes, yeah. yeah. Some sugar. And, eh... Uh, Basically, um, basically got us started, aye, that we yeah, grant, absolutely. got from SRUC. Uh-huh. Um, aye, that's how it came about. And then we started, we basically, we'd sold the egg, basically, to friends and family. Initially, that's kind of what it was, it was friends and family, and then... Um, A few this, people from the village that we lived in, and I was the like, thing oh, is, like, this is weird. Aye, like, it, you've got, <clears> you, <throat> I still say this, we're like, why would folk buy eggs from us? Like, I and I know that sounds really bad, but that's a horrendous advert. <laughs> it's, it's not, it's, it, it, and this is going to sound like I'm saying it's not you they're buying it from. It's not you, it's the local thing. And it's the, these young guys are keen and they're reading local eggs perfect. Yeah. Now, you, you're saying it sounds, it sounds crazy, it sounds silly that we couldn't sell, was it 27 eggs a day you said? It was, yeah. uh, oh, that, well, what, what's that? That's, and, that's 189 eggs a week. So that's thirty-one and a bit dozen. It's a fair chunk. Of, that's a fair chunk of eggs. Oh, you put it Yeah, you know when you say it, you put it that way. That's a fair chunk of eggs. The way um, I, the time I looked at it is when you thought we took a train. So I was like, ah, well, every person only seven folk take a train. Mm-hmm. Seven folk take a train. 
I saw oh, a tree, tree, tree like a tree of thirty uh, eggs. I was counting a tree a day. It wasn't quite that. I was like, "What's public transport got to do with this?" <laughs> uh, I was so confused there. So we're sitting with thirty hens, um, much more eggs than you seem to realise, uh, and uh, uh, a shed off gum tree. Um, what was next? Uh, we just kind of kept building on that. So I think from thirty hens, we went up to eighty hens. So we got another yeah. fifty pullets, um, and I think. After that, was it another? Fifty or thirty? For I think I think we, we I think we got to about a hundred hens. They were dotted about in these little random garden sheds on this on Alex land, basically. And we were just selling them locally doing uh, doorstep delivery. Um but that all kind of changed quickly when, when COVID came about. Um I think Boris Johnson put the lockdown in place and he was at right use delivery services. It was the next day that the phones kind of went mental and everyone wanted eggs. And I woke you up panicking, going, What have you done? Because I think, I think it was the Ayrshire Daily News had shared their post or right. page or something yeah. like that. And it got 45,000 reactions or something. Uh, not 45, reactions. No, 45,000 views. views. On the post. Aye. Yeah. I'm not going to take your To put that into perspective, like you can understand this well, it's obviously your page. Yeah. I think we had about 250 or 300 Something likes there. on our page. Which which is insane because on Facebook at that point, Facebook was pretty good. Facebook was quite good then, it's not now, for reach. So what would happen was you would probably be sitting about 107 to 115% reach of what you have followers. So you should have been getting posts with about 220, you know, <laughs> to go up to that 45,000 is insane. Oh, crazy. I um, just cried. I just cried at, the same, <laughs> the at the same time. The we, were still, we were still working. That is the one thing you've said, the exact same as you said. <laughs> <laughs> I, just cri- I just cried all the time. It's it's exactly- <laughs> you, were, you were working You were working full time in the dairy farm. I was cabbing and milking, so I had that time during the day. And I, I, but you can, you I were, just cried from going, I was like, I can't do it anymore. To, we used to kind of, it's bad, but after it, we laughed with it because you had a Tuesday breakdown. Aye. So Every, before before the living started for the week, I would just have a meltdown. Mid morning, Tuesday, half tennis, you'd phone me, greeting them like that. Gordon started taking away my phone calls. <laughs> I, I'm kind of like, what? She's, I like moved cars yeah. about fields or something, and Maria's phoning me, greeting me on the phone. Aye. Like, all right, just write down their names and addresses. We'll Basically, I COVID <laughs> came about and the egg orders went shooting up, obviously. Yeah. And we just said to we just kind of thought, bugger it, we may as well just go for it. Mm-hmm. So we ordered 500 hens and we said to our dads, like, we've ordered 500 hens, they're coming in six weeks' time, so we need a shed. Can you help us build it? And they just laughed. And I was like, I'm actually being serious. They're coming in six weeks. We need to do this. Like we need to do this now. And literally for six weeks, our families just everyone just chipped in and just. Was me and dad that like sat your dad designed the shed? Yeah, my obviously my knowledge and stuff from being within the industry, I knew what had to be in the shed. Like stocking nests, the floor area, the pot mm. hole size, yeah, perch area, all that kind of stuff. I knew that, and I just kind of said to dad, I was like, what can we build? How much is it going to cost? Because yeah. He's Your dad's building. quite nasty. Yeah, he's in the building trade, so he understands. Like, he, he can get prices and stuff. He can get right. sensible 
quotes and things. So, so we've like, done it all, we've done it in six weeks and yeah, 500 came. tens were in. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, so it was a heavy rain situation, we got you. So you've, you've got the shed up after, <laughs> after what was probably quite an exciting conversation for you and a daunting conversation at the same time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we need a shed in six weeks. Uh, so you filled that up with what was now, what that must have been, what, 650-ish hens, is that right? Or no? Am I wrong? So we had, we still had the, you can't add, for biosecurity reasons, you can't add older hens in your new pullets. Okay, right. We had, okay. We had the shed of 500, and then we had the, the, the little ones dotted about still, and yeah. the garden sheds. Um, so that's kind of how we've done it. And that, that's the point. Are you... I mean, now it's not a case of 30, it's a case of much more. Um, we'll get into where you are at the minute. I, I can't actually remember exactly where you are at the minute, but do you use buy-in point of lay now? So you're not having to rear, because that's like, what, 16, 18 weeks? Is that about right, roughly? Yeah, so we um, just, Or do you buy point of lay, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, the point of lay is that we buy in are sort of, kind of 15, 16 weeks. I'm about 16 weeks old, and then we <laughs> basically, it's a, Three weeks after that? Well, commercially. Like, commercially, commercially you're looking then, at yes, three weeks after that. Because you're doing things a bit differently. You're more extensive, for sure. 20 weeks, you're kind of yeah. aye, happy we're, aye, we're looking at sort of a week beyond that, which doesn't sound like much, but it's a lot, it's when, a lot you're, when, uh, when you're feeding them and you're not getting any back from them. <laughs> um, How many birds have you got now? Sorry? 600. 600, yeah. yeah. And where, where do you get those... Point of lace from is that come from? Do you have the same person all the time, or do you just buy them from whatever? Uh, so sometimes it's a company <laughs> called T Pack from Forfa. Um, right. He has rearing sites. I'm not entirely sure. They're dotted about Scotland. So between right. us, between us and Forfa, he has rearing sites that he uses. Um, also, another company that I've used for the ones that we've got just now is uh, JSR Services. Mm-hmm. They are. Um, Blair Gowrie they're in. So they've got right. lane sheds and stuff. They do a bit of rearing and things for the, like, their own birds and they do a bit of rearing for other producers as well. Mm-hmm. Um, large commercial folk and they do a bit of small scale stuff as well. Right. So they've got the last ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Excellent. And just, just sort of doing a bit of maths from what you said on the 30, if it was 27 that were doing you know, 27 eggs a day are you looking at about 540 roughly a day or is it more or less than yeah, that or? i mean then about there and yeah golden to math guys <laughs> i know i'm saying it's kind of rough right now. yeah I no mean, it's also not eggs, like i got all these boxes today but but seriously when you're thinking about that right uh, i know gordon your plan was to jump to sixteen thousand, and yeah you are 30 that's no, sorry, Maria. You're not thirty, but you know what I mean. Like you're, you're about that. It's not like you're fifty yet. Yeah. That's probably going to be the the goal if you keep going. But um, at five hundred and forty eggs, that's still what I've. Well, I don't actually know what is that. That is still ninety yeah. boxes. Is that right? I don't work in business. No, I don't work in business. No, it's. What do you say? Sorry, ninety boxes. Ninety. Is that right? Uh, no, there. God, no, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. It's, it would be a half dozen boxes, aren't Yeah, sorry, I was doing half dozens, that's right, yeah. That's a lot of eggs. I will, we sell direct. We sell direct to the consumer because we are 
small producers and we're not from farming. That's the only way we could. It's the only way we could kind of start. Yeah. Sounds it sounds now like we've grown quite a lot in a massive and the rest of it, but in the grand scheme of things, it's a lot of poultry. Oh, it's tiny. It's tiny um, in the in the greater scheme of things. Um, no, I get that, but like that, that's three, three and a half thousand eggs you're selling a week. Maybe you're not selling them all, but you know, that's that's pretty good going given how long you've been in this. The infrastructure you're working on, um, I've just remembered I was working this out in my head the last time we did this, and I had about, I had about 700 eggs, it was so far off. Um, yeah, it's. It's well, 540 is three and a half, 500 with three and a half thousand, seven, okay. yeah, three, just try 3,800 eggs a week. Yeah, That's, I mean, you're like, oh, you like know, that. a couple of hens. What? When you say it like that, I'm kind of yeah. like, what's that a week? And I'm like, what's that a month? What's that a year? But it is a lot of work. Like, we're up at three o'clock in the morning just delivering them. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I'm not, so I'm not disputing work. that at all. Like, it'll be a massive amount of work, but I'm more pointing to the fact that you are like, Oh, you know, we're just it's just six hundred pens. You know, it's, it's bloody good going when you think of it that way. It's like um, it's, it, you're saying, like how many is that a week in a month? It's about fourteen thousand a month, which is it's, it's like a pallet in the heart, a pallet in three layers of what we used to have up there. That's a lot of eggs. It's it's much more than it's is it not? It will be sixteen and a half thousand, roughly. I give or take. You're better at maths than you clearly. <laughs> that's in, uh, like, I, I mean, I, we never really get into the crux of this. Um, I think we're never, never take I 30 days is uh, yeah, <laughs> when you really put it that way, that is fair play to you. It's good, God, well done. <laughs> no um, one's tired <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I know, I do apologize that we're currently oh, almost okay. 11 o'clock. It was um, me who a late start to be yeah. yeah, it was it was me that helped with us being later, but uh, yeah, no. Yeah, on that we really got to brilliant. Really like that. That's sixteen thousand eggs a month. Um, I'm now gonna go work out how minted you are. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, I wish. You, you use, I know. I know. Do you use, <laughs> what, what, what is what? We don't need to go into your feed costs, but you know how much has that changed since, for example, now I know you've got six hundred more birds, but well, no, actually, let's go with how much has that changed since right at the start. Yeah, I'm, I'm just. I'm actually just going to. Gonna, sorry, I was just going to work this out as a, a percentage increase. Oh, I'm going to cry. I've just seen it on the calculator. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, sorry, that's the wrong number. It's, uh, yeah. So our feed since we started this two years ago has went up about fifty-five percent per ton. Oh my god! Really? Per per ton, and we are going through. Um, so no. You're the math guy. <laughs> I kind of it works out kind of two and a two ton a month, two and a bit ton a month. It's a notable increase. Yeah. That's a, a notable increase, and just out of interest, of your egg prices went up. Yes. 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 Got to. Have, the problem was though we put we put them up at the beginning actually we put them up in April, and and I don't know if you're really too aware of obviously we're aware of food prices like being from farming and things sort of loosely, but. Basically, we put our prices up in April because we had to because the price of fuel wasn't was going up at the time, wasn't no, it? No, we've been up for two feed, years. Yeah, feed and fuel was going well, up. Well, post Ukraine, which I think was February. Yeah. Well, the gas prices, fuel, fertilizer, everything, which just caused everything to go up. Yeah. Rough. 
the, yeah. the time that it sounds silly, the time the price the feeds sort are of really filtered down to us to make a, a like a big big difference. Yeah. Was I'd say the end of April, beginning of May. So we have basically had two weeks, maybe three weeks, of our price being up and us uh maintaining the same profit margin. Does that make sense? Is that fair? I see. And then the yeah, yeah, price yeah, jumped yeah. up and it's like, well, <clears throat> it's hard to then turn into customers again and go, oh, by the way, we need to put this up again like a month later. So I think people think, I mean, I don't know if folks think this or not, but it's like... Some will, yeah. They see sure. that we, we sell a product and we can just go, oh, we want this for it, but... The way we don't... I, I'm, the, not, I'm not... We don't take away from our business. Like we don't take yeah. away, that's why yeah. we still work part time. Because uh-huh. we, we keep investing the money back into it. So uh-huh. I know I not say, many people know that we don't take away. We can't. No, you, you said this last time, and oh, I think it's they, they, all, <laughs> they always say that what is it? Um, you never really start making money for the first three or four years or whatever it is. Yeah. But by what you guys are doing, now I, I don't see your accounts and whatnot, but what you guys are doing, I assume you are on the crux of that going in the right direction um i it's it is really mentally the problem is it's it's mentally draining because you don't have control over any of the stuff that's going up and we can we can say sorry i what i what was he saying is like yeah it's good we can we can say we want this for our eggs and we can sell them at that but it's doesn't mean people are going to buy them yeah the the way the economy and everything is like sort of bigger picture People are feeling the pinch of their gas and electric and stuff mm. just now, which is the big thing that's all over the news. So if but everyone's in that position. Uh, everybody's in the same position, and folk will look at our eggs, and it is a as a premium product, and I totally understand that. Um, <clears throat> where how's our hands in smaller numbers? We show a consumer exactly where their food's coming from. All, all, our, all our hands go to rehoming centres; they don't go for slaughter as well. So it's just these little things that are like added things that people like. What we do, uh-huh. but at the end of the day, and, and people it, can't afford that. When it you know comes, I mean? like it's quite yeah. a us this uh-huh. When it comes down to somebody's, somebody's prospects, uh-huh. when they can go into Tesco and they can see a, a box egg that's maybe fifty pence, uh-huh. a box cheaper, that makes a big difference to folk. And there's, I think, and I think you've really hit an important point here. I think, as farmers, we can be guilty of saying, "Well, why don't you just buy it? It's better." It's not always that easy. And I get uh-huh. you guys have seen that. You're absolutely accepting that. Um, and it, it, it'll be interesting and I hope you know praying for it that, that through the, this winter is okay for you because I understand that'll be tricky um, uh, it's a big it is a big worry that's on our minds yeah everyone's in the same boat and everyone's talking about it it's just it's our it's our place of feed right now it's just I actually thing. it wasn't fair but when it went up it kept, it's been creeping up for the last two years I think I told the beginning of this year I was crying. I'm always crying, Wallace. <laughs> and I just said to him, I was like, don't even tell me what, what we're paying for feed because I couldn't cope. I couldn't cope with how, how much it kept going up. I was like, how are we meant to survive? Like, I don't, yeah. I don't get it. Um, so it's not really a thing we talk about, which probably isn't really it's, good. But that's, <laughs> that's quite it's a, so we, had a, <laughs> we had a conversation about 10 days ago, two weeks ago, whatever that was. Um, but, but you said your eggs had increased in price. And maybe I'm wrong here, but I assume they're not 155 percent. You know, no. that would be a, a mass. You know, I yes, no, so exactly. Not, so. But I, like looking round about, I think you realise in the last few compared to other things. No, 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 I'm just going to say like we're, we're sort of there or thereabouts. We're not like 
Yeah. No. So that's no. a good thing that I'm, yeah. Like we're, no. We're not a million miles away, although we're closer, higher. We are. We're being pretty competitive, I think, our prices. I would, I would for, what so, do, for what we're doing, we yeah. maybe shouldn't be. We should be maybe selling ourselves a wee bit better. But oh, definitely. Yeah, I think it's maybe, maybe that's, that's a major downside there was, I think. So I, I would completely agree with the competitive side. Absolutely agree. Um, as someone who bought a fair trunk off you at the Highland Show and didn't get to experience any of it, um, <laughs> I, I thought it was a bloody expensive price to not get anything, but it was, it was, a, it was a good price for you and that benefits what we'll be doing if you're listening. Fuck you. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was... Uh, for for reference to that, for you listening, guys, I, uh, we'll get into Highland Show, and I won't mention anything about it yet. But we'll get into Highland Show in a minute or two. Um, Gordon Marie over there selling, and uh, I always go around the food hall on the first two days, and then come back on the last day and actually buy stuff because, like, it's just a nightmare carrying stuff around the Highland Show. So I came back to do my buying, and uh, I don't know how much I spent to you guys, but probably you know twenty quid, thirty quid, whatever. And uh, I think I spent ninety five quid in total in the food hall. And uh, <laughs> I left my I left I left my bag in the SRUC tent and just went home. <laughs> Someone else, you uh, and text me was like, "Thanks for the cheese, mate," and I was like, "Thanks for the oh no." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was that was the story behind that one. But um, yeah, when you're on the deliveries, it's not just eggs. Yeah, there's more. What what else are you selling? Yeah, we've got our own eggs, and um, we've got milk, honey. Um, we've added some products that we sell through our mobile farm shop now, so like Ayrshire um, Tatties, Herbal Teas, uh, Jams, Piccalilli, all that kind of thing um, is added onto the doves at the moment. And when you're talking about the, um, oh my God, the trailer, what's the word you use? The uh, mobile farm shop. <laughs> mobile farm shop, you said like <laughs> Um, tell us a bit about how that came about because I love this story. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not listening to me. I'm not kidding. No. <laughs> oh, we bought, we, do you know what? We built the shed. We had, we had our hens, or Gordon had his hens, and I wanted to kind of get. We wanted to take more of our premium product. About we've, we've seen that people were enjoying our product and what we were doing mm. and we're really supporting local and I was like, well, why don't we get... We wanted to take more of that experience to people within town. Uh, uh, and we sort of, I feel, I kind of came to you with the idea, but you developed it. Ah, see, you said this last time when you both disputed it. It is exactly... Yeah, like, uh, up for I kind of, yeah, I kind of thought... People who can't get from the town to a farm shop, like there's a lot of older people or people who can't drive or, or farm shops that aren't on public transport routes. I was like, why don't we take a farm shop to the town? Why don't we open a farm shop within well, the town? My answer to that and is we can't open a farm shop on a farm because we don't have a farm. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> obviously, but <laughs> right, with, I would just thought. It was an idea open we both had, it was an idea yeah, we both had. Open a farm shop within, in the town, yeah. so it was accessible for everybody, basically. Aye. Yeah, that and just, just quickly, what town was the choice? We didn't know, we... this was the issue. Right. <laughs> He's saying that, I looked at some places yeah, in no, Pest Week in here. Irvine as well, you actually looked at Irvine. Did I? Oh my God, sorry. I was in um, Would it, it, it's, it's, do you know, just, I know, you know, the story goes that didn't happen, but like the, do you think 
had the next thing being the trailer not appeared, you would have pursued this or not? No. No, it just it, no. it just doesn't. It strikes me as a fantastic idea that just will not work. No. Um, it's I don't know why. Um, we yeah. I went. We, we were working full time also, but I went in to a few places. They were fine, but I was like, I cannot look at these four walls for the rest of my life and just be stuck here. I was like, this is not this is not for me. And that's when I came up with the idea. I says to Gordon when I went home that night, we go, why don't we? Take take rural to town, like you're saying, but jazz up a bit and just convert a horse trailer and let people go into that horse trailer. Um, the idea that I had with that was because my sister was moving house and instead of her renting a, a van or whatever, we've got an eye for rounds for the horse. And I was like, well, we'll just take the couch and that. So we took the couch, we got into Kamarlik and we stopped for a coffee and people were going oh my God, is there a horse in that? Oh my God, oh my God, there's a horse trailer. And coming up to the, the horse trailer, I and I was like, I see inside it. there's a couch inside that. <laughs> um, so that's what, kind of, that's what kind of started the idea of, well, why don't we let people walk into the horse trailer that's converted and it's got all Scottish produce and give them more of an experience of, like, I think we take it for granted walking in and out of trailers or just like being around the farms now because we're getting, we're used to it now. But we're still friends with people not from farming. And you kind gotcha. of take sides to it, which I think is an advantage for us not coming from farming backgrounds. And, like, before we actually get into what you've done with the trailer, please tell everyone about the buying set. I just think it's brilliant. Just the fact, yeah, we'll get it. Yeah. The what, sorry? When you went and actually bought it. <laughs> oh, I, so basically I said to Gordon, I was like, look, why don't we do why don't we convert a trailer? And he was like, absolutely not. That's that's not happening. That's just that's not even going to work. And I thought, well, bugger that, I'll just start looking anyway. And uh, I found a couple down in a couple down in Yorkshire, this guy converts them. Um, and he had some old trailers. So I was like, well, there's a couple in Yorkshire, why don't we go and look? So Gordon was like, right, fine. We went down there and the first trailer I seen, the guy opened the top door and it fell off. And I went, Gordon, that's the one. And he's like, no, you're shitting me. And I was like, no, that's it. <laughs> I can envision it, Gordon. I was like, that's the one. <laughs> um, I think once Gordon had been down to that guy's farm and seen like what the trailers could look like um, at different stages of converting them, he, he suddenly kind of went, do you know what? I this could work because of the way people acted with the Eiffel Williams sitting in Kamal High. Yeah. He was like, this is actually a really good idea. Um, so yeah, we we picked we, we hitched it up and we left. And I think we got to Gretna and then we got a flat tire. And I think Gordon then started to regret it again. He went, what have I done? <laughs> I was loving life. <laughs> I was so excited. It's great fun. Um yeah, so yeah, but am I right in saying you got it and you didn't really do much with the trailer for a good while, few months? Um, we got it and we totally underestimated the amount of work. It was requiring. I yeah. totally underestimated it. At, the, at that time, we were living in a small village, um, so we had nothing. We had nothing undercover to put the trailer to work on it. So it kind of, I think we paint stripped it and took off the tin and kind of like, um, what's the word? Like, took all the rust and things like that off the chassis. I'm not even going to pretend another mm-hmm. word. No. Um, I think we've done that. First winter, but then it sat Did all... you sand it? Did you sand it? No. Couldn't sandblast it because it was too delicate. The tin was too delicate. So I had to oh. literally hand strip. I had to hand strip it. Um, 
And was that your moment to be like, what have we done? <laughs> what, Matt? I, I was actually buzzing. I, you uh, hated it, but I was so excited. I uh, see, I like ripping it to bits. I like to take the rotten tin off the side, rip the floor out, all that kind of stuff. I really enjoyed. Just it's quite good crack, isn't that? Yeah. Uh, it's a good laugh to strong stuff, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it is, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But the, the paint stripping, it was essentially taking it to bits, but I was like, you just scratched the surface off it. I know that sounds really stupid, but I'd rather set about something with my big hammer on the grinder and just batter it because it's. I better. totally get it. Uh, it's it, better fun than just. No, I, I do have to say. And, when and I, like, I get the paint stripping is obviously it's a really important job in what we were doing. We're still in the trailer, but <clears> um, I felt it was quite tedious and on a long time. <laughs> I think it is. I think that's a big part of it and why not everyone does this. I got to a point, I think Gordon could have sold it and I was like, no, <laughs> it's staying there. Yeah, um, I, just, I look at it, it's, it's stalled in the winter and then... Um, yeah. Um, the the farm across the road, he, he said we could put the, the trailer in there to finish it off. So it was painted and the... It was painted May 2021. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. But then it was kind of like it was the last kind of push. Do we leave our jobs to open the mobile farm shop? What if it doesn't work? How do we pay the mortgage? How do we pay the bills? All that kind of was in the back of our heads. Um. So I, I actually suggested to Gordon. Well, we're what we're we're. I, we were worrying about how we were going to pay for a mortgage and bills and whatever if we were going to try and push on working for ourselves and I said well why are we panicking about trying to pay for a house we don't want to be in five years time like this is not the end goal we don't want to be here in five years so why are we struggling why are we going to struggle to pay for a house we don't want to be in yes yeah um but I'm very much like impulse I'm just like it's very black and white yeah that's your like that I think that's sometimes how you work quite your yeah, like you come up with a I don't want to say an impulse idea, that sounds bad. I do, I'm very black and white. Uh, you and come then up with things and like... I sit and think, and yeah. think, and then, I'll for, don't forget about it, but then I don't think about it, and then like a month later, or two months later, yeah. I'll come back and I'll go, mind that thing you said, that's a really good yeah. idea, that's so what I, you're going to do. I suggested <laughs> that in the January, because the trailer was still sitting there, not painted. When it was painted in May, I kind of said to Gordon again, I was like, well, what are we doing? Are we, like, it's painted now, Like, we need to keep going. Yes. Um... I didn't press you about it. I let you think about it. And I think it was a July. You walked in one day and you went, let's sell the house. And then I went, what? And <laughs> then I panicked. You can have like, no, 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 I don't think so. Yeah, no, because you're, you're like, you're sensible. Whereas I'm like, nah, we'll do this. We'll do that. And you're just like, you bring me back then. You're like, no, 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 come on. Think about it. But um, we sold the house and we moved in with my mum and dad. Um, like I said, I'm from a big family. So I'm one of nine I was going to say, did you forget? I was going to say, I'm one of eight. I was like, no, no, no. So, my mum and dad still got the big house that we moved to when I was three. So, there's six bedrooms in it. So, we've essentially got like a little flat within yeah. the house. So, it just takes a risk away. And we opened the mobile farm shop May 2022. So it took a long time for us to year, basically. The, the, the thing is, though, like the time going from the trailer being painted and me to us selling the house to actually go right, we need to push on with this was like five months. But then after that, there were still things that we'd done to it because we'd just essentially run out of time to do the, the, finishing the, the, the finishing things. things to it. Yeah. Um, 
Aye, so those five months there wasn't a massive amount happened, really. Yeah, yeah for sure. We got there in the end. Mm. No, absolutely. And I'm going to quickly do something. I'm going to jump away from the trailer for two seconds and come back to it. Because what have we not spoke about? We've got the bees, haven't we? <laughs> oh my God. We, we, we filmed, I can't remember if we said this at the start of the episode, but for those of you listening, guys, we uh, we filmed this, as I said, you know, it took us 17 days to film. Um, <laughs> and uh, we, we got to the end and we've been so excited to talk about, well, not just one thing, but one thing I'd been so excited to talk about. We sort of just finished. We got the cheese board on the table. We're ready to enjoy the rest of the night. And I sat it down and I, I saw Chutney and I was like, just in my head, what else goes in jars? Honey. <laughs> we never spoke about the bees. So, you guys, well, tell me about the bees. I, I wouldn't get too excited because we're still very much beginning beekeepers and we phone our mentor like, out of panic all the time, but we... Crying? Had, or, uh, what's that? Are you, do you phone the mentor crying or just... Uh, um, no, she doesn't cry about the bees. Right, good. No, she's managed to not cry about them. I don't cry that much, but I said, yeah, you've cried about the hens, you've cried about the trailer, you've cried about the You've talked about crying three times. <laughs> I'm quite emotional, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, when we had those 100 hens, we were selling door to door and also uh, I, uh, one farmer's market a month, and we were buying local honey. And the guy we were buying honey from, we just kind of asked him, could we, could you kind of show them the beehive? I was like, I've never seen inside a beehive. Um, and he showed us and found it pretty fascinating. Um, he was just telling us that little kind of snippet facts. And it was really good. And he suggested yeah. that if you wanted to, to get into it, just to, to do the course at Air, Air Beekeeper Association. Oh, yeah. Um, so we've done that. Um, and we've now got, we've got three beehives and we're actually going to be taking our honey off. Our supers are coming off the hives, it hopefully. Should it, should be, it should be this week, but it'll be next week. Mm. We'll get it done. So, um, yeah, it's been a massive, massive learning curve, and we're still learning. Um, yeah. So, I basically, basically, you do your course and you get your bees through the association. They, you, you get bees from within your area, basically for biosecurity. Yeah. So yep. you're diseases into your area, which kind of makes sense. Uh -huh. Um. So, you do the course. You get given them like allocated a mentor, basically, and they'll come and help you through your first kind of season. Obviously, beyond that, if you need it, because they're they're all pretty good. Ah, they? they're actually really good. They're um, so knowledgeable. Um, is the guy that runs that called Chris? Chris Yuri. Yes. Yes. Do you know him? No, I, I don't. But I filmed with him once. Oh, right, okay. oh. Um, yeah. with Ray. Yes, at, yeah. at, at, at Douglas House. No, at Dumfries House. <laughs> Douglas House. Oh, right, okay, okay. Uh, okay. Uh, I, we've not actually met him. We've not met him, actually. No. It's um, Julian Stanley. Julian Stanley, we always phone in panic. Um, panic And <laughs> <Roger, laughs> Roger as well, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, you get a piece of the association and they just kind of help you get started and get you up and going. And it's quite, okay. it's, uh, it's really interesting. I don't no. know. I, know, I, like, I feel like I'm, I'm going to let this thing because you're, you're, buzz you're buzzing. Um, buzzing. <laughs> I spent too much time talking to you, Wallace. <laughs> no, the, the, the bees are great. They're so... Every time we open the hive, though, we are learning something new. We're so like, fascinated by everything that they do. There's, there's like... I learned, last time we opened the hive, I learned use your smoker because I get stung seven times. And I think I get stung... My hands were still swollen. Was it Aaron's show? 
He certainly never mentioned it. Um, oh, it must maybe. have just after that. It was that. round about yeah. that. My hands have still got lumps on them from where they stung me, and it was like three weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, no, you mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Ah, you did. That's right. No, I you did. I've still got lumps on my fingers, so always use your smoker and put on proper gloves. I had silly gloves on. It was so stupid. Yeah, we're actually going <laughs> this. That sounds like we don't know any way we would be. We know something. Yeah, you've just started out, though. That's, that's how it goes. No, well, that's we're taking our first, our first um, lot of funny next the, week, so... I'm going to get... I'm going to do a TikTok. Oh, do it. No, here, here, that might go very well. Like, get the right hashtags in there. Because I'll probably forget to bid you half the stuff now. Like, so I honestly think I'm at the stage now and it's tragic. Like, I feel like I'm filming even when I forget I'm filming. Like, I'm just doing it just because in case you might get something. Oh, um, okay. You'll get to that stage eventually. You'll get to that stage eventually. Okay. Um, but I'm, I'm glad we've touched upon the bees, um, at least here, you because know, I, I, I did I did want to talk about it last time. And I know you haven't done it for long, and haven't, but I just wanted to get into it at least a little bit. Um, but I said we'd leave the trailer for a minute. Uh, tra- trailers coming back to trailer now, uh, touring round. It's been going for what's that? F- three months now. Months, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, going to different shows, and if you're listening, this will mean nothing to you. If you're watching, it will mean a bit to you. In the background, which has been very annoying for the last ninety minutes for me, because <laughs> there is a little. Uh, um, what do you call it? What would you call that? Don't move a wee second, Maria. Don't move a wee second. What is it called? A, a, it's not a reserve. What's that called? Um, ticket card? Prize thing? The thing that looks like the French flag, anyway, is like that close, is like that close to being perfectly in line with the white and the, the window, but it's, it's, it's just off and it's been painful for me the whole time. But I didn't want to say it because I forgot, I just noticed after we hit record, you won't be able to see it at the minute, guys. Um, so if you just show us, could you just bring that to screen and make a noise so everyone can see it? Make um, a noise? Yeah. But... Oh, talk yeah. again. Well, you're talking, so that's fine. Like basically talking in the camera. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> So I think this is a first for the R2 cast. I think, now I said this the last time, Ross Pattinson, number 29. I can't remember if you have been a Highland Show uh, champion for something, but if you have, it's not a first. If you haven't, it is a first. Um, first overhead champion at the Highland Show. Could you tell us exactly what it is, Maria? Because I, I, No, no, two seconds. Gordon, could you tell us what the, the, the prize is? It's the champion for... exhibit in Scotland's Larder. <sighs> no. Oh, Best no. exhibit within Scotland's Larder. That's pretty close. Pretty oh, close. Pretty Champions there than base. Well, no, that's <laughs> not Best exhibit within Scotland's Larder. It's like, oh, you've got the best sheep. Like, no, you have the championship. <laughs> <laughs> so this, this was, um, the trailer was only, well, it was more than a month old, but it was only a month old looking nice and actually being used. So mm-hmm. how did that come about? What, how did you find yourself at the Highland Show and how did the prize come about? Um, so we'd opened we'd opened the mobile farm shop early May, and a lot of people kept saying to us, "Are you taking us to the Highland Show? Are you going to the Highland Show with us?" And I was like, "No, like you have to have your applications in by January. Like, the, I don't think there's a space for that if I don't see it at the Highland." Anyway, people kept saying, and me doing that thing of impulse again, I just said, "I'll bugger it. I'll send an email and see if it's got space." Because people keep asking us if we're going. Um, and this was, bear in mind, this was like two weeks before, two, three weeks before, didn't it? Aye. It was in June, I, was, I think. Aye, it was in aye. June. It was like, aye. It was like the beginning of June, right? Aye. Aye. 
Um, so emailed them, was not expecting a response. I thought, whatever. Um, <laughs> sounds so bad. Um, but no, we got a response and they said they had a space in the food hall and they they loved our idea and they would love to have us at the Highland Show. And I was like... You, you basically yeah. turned around to me and you're like, I don't know, you were kind of like hesitant, but I was like, well, we can't say no. It sounds stupid. It's like, if you get the chance of that and being just... Like just brand new, basically. Oh yeah. You can't turn around and say no, but no, you, there was there was not there was never there was never no, going to be a no, no. But it's just that moment of, oh god, right, okay, this is going to happen. Um, so it was like ten days before the Highland show that they That's said crazy. like yeah, like can can you come? Um, so it was all just about. Mental. You basically emailed back to, yes, that's great, we'd love to come. And then we went, how the hell are we going to do that? <laughs> yeah. Which sounds stupid, but it's not a chance that you just pass up. Like, Well, no, you couldn't, no. No, you have to. And it's, it's more than just an opportunity for you guys, because you use your stockists of a lot of different places in Ayrshire as well. It's, it's yeah. an opportunity. Well, that's it. We, when we actually, <laughs> I was going to say, I actually tried the night before because I was that scared. <laughs> I didn't. Again. I didn't. Yeah, I actually said you were saying to me like a few days before, you're like, what are we actually doing? Like we don't belong at the show because I said we don't belong at the Iron Show, what are we doing? <laughs> because we're like just, we're just we're just not there's people that know what they're doing at the Iron Show and we're uh, just like we just wing it. Going. We just wing it. Um <laughs> but that was what we actually wanted to do as well. We were at the Highland Show. Obviously, we had a trailer and it's open that people can go into it, but we also had like our kind of crates and our tables set out. And we had all small producers from Scotland. So we had like our, our jam, which is handmade by one person. Our honeys, ha- obviously we don't have our own honey just now. So we have an our local supplier. So he hand uh, labels all his jars. The, the head of tea we have hand picked on an island. Like all these small producers, I was like, well, if my business was given an opportunity, I would love if they put us at front as well. It's the same thing again, like we're seeing it from both sides. We're seeing it from we've taken a sort of leap of faith in ourselves. Yeah. And and we think that if these are quality products made mm-hmm. hand labeled by other Scottish producers, and I thought mm-hmm. they're in the same boat as us because all our eggs are hand packed and the boxes are hand labeled, they're all done by hand. So there's nothing yeah, we'd appreciate that if somebody yeah. done it for so us. They, so they, they were all like they were all excited with our produce. Um so yeah, it was a bit mental. Um I think it's Thursday morning. I was speaking to a woman, she came up to me with a clipboard and she was talking away and I just thought it was environmental health, doing their checks obviously, making sure we're doing everything properly and she started asking me more about us and I was like what the heck's going on, I was like what, what, who is this, I was so confused, I just had to say to her, I was like really sorry like what what is it you're doing? Because she, she, was, she was talking to me, but not all down. And I was like, It was like in the nicest way possible. Yeah. Like, who are you? Like, <laughs> I like you're going like, to Gordon. Why are you? Why are you? <laughs> I was I was so confused, and I was all like, Who are you? And she's like, um, I'm a judge. And I was like, A judge for what? I think she kind of faltered and went, Well, I'm a judge for the judge. And I was like, What are you doing? I uh, totally confused. Uh, <laughs> um, totally confused. Um, I was like, You can tell it's her first time here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she they came back later on that afternoon with who was it? See, I don't even know. <laughs> oh, just like, what, oh, do you mean like after we actually won it? So basically, they came up to us and said that you'd won it, and there was all these people. Yeah, so there was there was, well, I, there was so there was a two judges came back, and there was women that came the first time, and there was another woman after that that was like the official judge. Mm. Um, so the two of them came back round again with a quick look round the voucher, asked a few questions and that. Anyway. Once we'd won it, the two of them came back at the Edinburgh Provost. 
Is that right, Robin? All right. Well, I don't know who it is, but that is a thing, yes. Yes. Uh, so she was she was there. There's quite a few people there. There was one, was it the head organiser of the show? Or one of the sort of organisers of the show? Yeah. That yeah. sounds so bad. Like, no, we genuinely had no but... idea what was going on. We literally got, we get told 10 days before, you've got a space. And then, I, I, it was just uh, We didn't actually know it was an award. We didn't know it was anything. It was just... You could, I think literally people would see we were like... What just deer cotton headlights. Uh, we were like, "What is going on?" <laughs> and there was like a photographer thumbed up, and like, uh, it was just quite. It was yeah, mad. But it was. It was really fun. It but was yeah. the best kind of mad and like best kind of confused yeah. to be. And that's. And yeah. we, we said oh, world champion, and also once the kind of excitement wore off, and we're like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" We both went, "What have we won a world champion for?" Like. <laughs> <laughs> Because it was never properly, you know, to- nobody properly told us. It just went, you've won a world champion. And I was like, brilliant, like, like did, did they think we had a bull with us? Like, what's this <laughs> I was so confused. Uh, <laughs> chickens with us? Like, <laughs> um, it wasn't until the next day we actually seen a sheet of paper say that is what we, the world champion was for, best exhibit in Scotland's Larder. And I texted my mum and dad and I was like, oh, this is what we won a world champion for yesterday. <laughs> oh, it was funny, wasn't it? And, uh, you know, from someone looking in, uh, I'm sure a lot of you guys listening were at the Highland Show, um, there's always a lot of good stuff in the food hall. It looks brilliant. Um, and I think I mentioned this to you last time. Orkney looked really good. Taste of Orkney had like a, yeah, almost yeah, a, yeah. Um, a lot of plate- Was it Shetland, was it? Maybe it was Shetland. Well, Ork- Orkney was down on the left-hand side and then Shetland was down... Like next to it. That's right. Yes. It was yeah. That kind of top corner. It was. Giant is a brilliant idea. Like imagine like, you like taste the uh, barren, like all the islands. Yeah. I like an island. But you know what I mean. Like no, I, no, you're right. And, yeah. and, and the whole place looked brilliant as it always does. But you guys stood out big time. I do mean that. Um, it, it, it was. Had I known this was a thing, <laughs> like yourselves, um, it'd be something that make, it makes sense. You absolutely deserve to win it. So, um, oh, thank you. well done on that. It was it was it was gorgeous. And, and if you haven't seen the trailer, uh, make sure to check out the Wee Brown Hens on Facebook and Instagram. Maria's repping it at the minute. I think you are too, Gordon. But it's a wee bit harder to see with the colour. Um, sort of. Yeah, just with the camera, but. Um, I wanted to end on that note, the sort of overhead championship, sort of try and work towards that crescendo. But you guys are massive fans. I don't need to <laughs> ask you the last two questions. Um, well, what are the last two questions? I don't, I don't know. I've never listened to this podcast for my life. Oh, have you not? No. <laughs> Son, about what you had for your tea and what you're up to next week. Here it is. If you were a kitchen utensil, what would you be? <laughs> a ladle. Why did I think ladle as well? I thought Don't spatula. Mean. Is that a fish place? Yes, same thing. Aye, I'd be that because I'd be a bit dim. Because you're a bit of a fish. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> well, the spatula isn't a fish. Yeah. It's like <laughs> no, a fish slice. slice though. I know a spatula and a fish slice is different. No, we, we, this, we, this no, is much more. And, and someone said a spatula so I could batter folk over the heat. And I'm like, yeah, but you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> the person has to pick you up. You're just there. You're just getting battered on someone's heat. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, where do you see yourself in five years? And if, and it's a great question for you two, actually. Uh, if you had any tips for folk coming into industry, what would they be? I want to both answer both questions. Oh, no. I think we should try it. What one's first, sorry? Whatever one you want. See, I look at him, I look, he doesn't know. Um, 
in five years' time, obviously, I would love to have my own land. So our own small holding or something of ours. Um, as I say, we're living with my mum and dad at the moment, which is absolutely fine. But our own, our own little small holding, definitely in five years' time. Yes. Yeah. That, but to add to it as well, I think to increase our numbers and hens, I know you're maybe not that kind of idea, but <laughs> <Not> <laughs> if, we, if we increase our numbers and hens and have a more, um, as much as a purpose-built shed, like an, a, a proper purpose-built shed, like a... Oh yeah, we built the shed ourselves, so there's, there's mistakes and flaws in that, but we've done it ourselves, so... Yeah, we'd like to get to a number that was more than what we have just now, but still doing the same thing, so still doing like a, a buggeries mm. and a... Yeah. We get some sort of wholesale things as well. Yeah. Get out our trailer more, um, push that a bit. Just yeah, just it sounds a bit more of the same, but bigger. Yeah, and have 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 more things ourselves, like our own our own ground and our own sort of small home, and produce more to sell in our shop ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that fair enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Answer. no, I know it's like, aye, but we've, we've both got the same vision of where we want to be. Really. Uh, tips for coming into coming into the industry, I would say say yes to every opportunity. Yeah, Even good if, one. You know what? If you say yes to an opportunity that makes you feel uncomfortable, that's that's going to grow you more than staying in your comfort zone. Like honestly, see if somebody tell see if somebody told me the night before the Highlands show you don't have to do it. I'd be like, that's fine. I won't do it. But you're never gain you know, you're never going to gain anything from staying in your comfort zone. So. Always say yes to every opportunity, and especially the ones that make you feel uncomfortable. I think uh, definitely getting into the industry. That's quite a similar one to what um, number fifty-two, Amy Wilkinson said. I think hers is the best one. What was it? She said um, twenty seconds of blind confidence, and yeah, basically uh, that makes sense. Yeah, she was just like, don't "Think, just do it." Uh huh. Say yeah. yeah, and then twenty seconds later, you're going to be like, "What have I done?" But that was kind of, of like me. That was kind of <laughs> yeah. you. I have to say yes. So we said yes. Yeah, to for sure. Yes, you know, how yeah. you going to do it? And it, yeah. Um, kind of. I'm just going to say I'm saying the same as you, but yeah, the same as that. But also, obviously, this is about farming and things. But I think you should learn as much about as much as you can. Mm-hmm. So in different areas of farming, like I know, <clears throat> I've only really had poultry and dairy. But I would potentially, when I was younger, I'd have loved to have went and worked the sheep and worked the more beef cattle and more yeah. yeah. go and get tight. Like, but it doesn't matter. Like, see if you're not interested in it, go and learn something about it. Like, when Maria was at college, she learned about soil, but she was like, You said to me, you came home that day and went, I can't believe I've learned about duck today. It's so pointless. <laughs> and then I realised how good like, it was. Yeah, how and even if you even had like two or three lectures of that, you would have learned something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Things that I've heard, from, like from your podcast, well, there's, there's silly snippets I've picked up and I've, I've learned something about that now. And I think I learned a lot from this podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I think there's so much. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. Just learn something about something. And you said something quite interesting about not not even just getting into farming, but getting into the, the business. Remember you were talking about the real situation. Aye, so like, like not only like getting into farming, but starting your own business in farming. Like Gordon had that. Yeah, not aye, so just like starting your own business, probably farming because it's quite a big thing to think. It's quite hard. So 
when we had our first, when we had 30 hens at the time, we had, it was, it was small numbers, it was less than 100. Um, we went and bought a whole barrel, and Maria turned around to me and she was like, I can't believe you've just spent £50 on a whole barrel. And I was like, I nearly cried, Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> For a change. Oh, and she was like, it's 50. I was like, ah, but we need it for like working out and stuff. And like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, wait, but that's like a tool. It's like a tool you need. Like, yeah, you need a wheelbarrow, don't you? So, and it, it's kind of like looking back now. We used to, we used to say, we used to, imagine we had a van that uh-huh. was with our own logo on it. Like, uh, people with vans, they've made it. They've made it. <laughs> that's what we were saying. And then, and then like last year, we bought a van. And, and I'm like, got it all logoed and stuff. Uh huh. And I'm like, if we can sell enough eggs to buy a wheelbarrow, and then we can sell enough eggs and other produce and things to buy a van, and we're in our head and vision is to buy a small holding, I'm like, that is achievable. Like, uh, just a wee bit. Basically, any, any, oh, cool. I love that. <laughs> uh huh. Like, it sounds like right now it's like that is mental, but considering where we came from, buying a wheelbarrow was a big thing. Yeah. To look forward and go, we will never buy a van, and we've done that. So now looking forward, we're never, we'll never. No, I'm not saying we'll never buy a small one because I know we'll That's do it. That's the goal. Like, but we've not ha- we've not had any grants it. or subsidies. We we've had that small help from you see. Right, but other than that, it's our own savings and uh, business yeah. money we put into it. So so essentially, I think what I'm trying to say is learn as much about as much as you can, and take small steps. Don't, don't do what I did and be at the very beginning go. I want 100,000 chickens and I'm going to do this. You're never, you're never going to start at the top, so just start. Just no, do. it's the same. And, and like, there's so many examples like that. Like, this podcast, <laughs> you know, I just started filming it in Zoom and then now I've done 70. You know, like, that's how it works. Like, it's, yeah. it's, six, it's, it's just how anything, yeah, brilliant. And it's, yeah, it's brilliant to listen to you guys' story pretty much the same again for me, but for everyone else. And I'm not joking about that. Like, it's actually really nice and refreshing to hear it. And, and just what's been built out of four years intense work, of course it's intense work, but um, and where we will be in five years is quite exciting, actually, just just to see what can be put into it. I would think if you, yeah. what we're saying there, Wallace, like what we've done in four years, and you're saying what we're going to do in the next five years, that's more than doubling. More than, exactly. Well, that's yeah. scary, because so that's what No, forget about all that. No, <laughs> if you think four years ago you were panicked by buying a fuel barrel, in five years' time, you'll be panicking about buying a second small home. A second? <laughs> so it's Love like, it. Brilliant. No, I know that's that is ridiculous. But you know what I mean, though? Like, no, but, it is, but, is, it, is it ridiculous? Did you yeah. think you would be anywhere near where you are now? I don't I don't mean to use this quite often. Maybe. Well, in fairness, you thought you were going to have 16,000 hens on day one, so maybe that's the wrong question. <laughs> I am a mile behind where I wanted to be. <laughs> but, you know, like, you see quite often, like, you never want to say COVID was a positive, but... And I disagree. Obviously, obviously, it was a horrendous thing for a lot of people. It was. It still is. It... For farm, farming always benefits in a crisis. As soon as something yeah. bad happens, farming thrives. And I think that... Um, I've lost my train of thought now. Aye, so, like, I think... Covid sort of basically boosted us into the. I don't want to say into the limelight. It sounds like everybody knows about us, but it, no, it sort of got it just boosted, it, it just boosted, boosted us, us to get a name out there. Yeah, it's, it's maintaining that, and taking it forward, and pushing it, and simple things like even this podcast with that interview with the, the paper a few weeks ago, a hundred Scotsman, the Highland Show, 
all these things that help to just keep our momentum going. Mm. But, we, but then again, we could have said no to all those things because we'd be too nervous, which we were really nervous. But you it's have your, to do it. If you want to grow, you have to do it. It's your 20 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. 20 seconds are favourite, whatever it was. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. No, it's here. It's, it's brilliant. And I, I love the tips. I love love the ambition to be in the same place. But I love when folks say that. I say this a lot a lot when folks say basically the same thing, but, yeah. you know, maybe maybe more um it's it's been it's been really really good to sort of sit down and go through it again and funnily enough when we first recorded it was the longest time i had ever done a podcast yeah it's not the longest time i have ever done a podcast we've overtaken it again um we've done it again about 111 minutes i think at the minute um but i it flies by, doesn't it? It's been oh. two hours again. Um, but no, it's it's been it's been it's been really good. I've 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 very much enjoyed it again. Hope hope everyone else has as well. Yeah, um sure they will. But I have one final question for you. Will you watch it or listen to it? I will listen to it on Spotify, but I will yeah. not watch it. No way. No see, way. Because see. I will look at the YouTube comments or something that's slate and they go, oh my god. There won't there won't be many. I don't get many YouTube comments. Many. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's just what I was just doing. <laughs> no, nothing to do with you guys. You know I cry a lot, so I'll just listen to it on Spotify. <laughs> I'm gonna create another account and come on and be nasty. No, I won't, of course I would do that. Um you fear I've not actually ever watched any of them. For sure, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, which that's the case for a lot of folk in fairness. Um yeah. But yeah, it's been great. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed being on yourselves. Yeah, yeah. thanks for having us on. Yeah, thank you. Not at all. Times two. Uh, <laughs> it's, no, it's, as I said, it's been good. Last week, we were over in America with... Uh, well, we weren't over in America. We were speaking to Andrea in America from Minnesota. Uh, today, we've been in Ayrshire with uh, Maria and Gordon talking about Weeboon Hens. So go and check them out. Instagram and Facebook, as I said. And TikTok, actually, very funny over there uh, on TikTok as well. Uh, next week, uh, number 60. So, yeah, another another milestone at number 60. It feels only like yesterday we did number 50 with you and, uh, you and Anema. Um, but number 60, we're heading down to Oxfordshire with Carl Franklin, which is the hardest word for a Scottish person to say I on the planet. The pretend farmer. Yeah. 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 Instant chat, because Carl, Carl left school uh, to, get, to get into chefing, and uh, now here he is, I think he's 28 or 27, something like that. Uh, with not a small flock of sheep anymore, he's got ninety three breeding yows. He's worked up to it, so it's been quite a quick thing he's done in four years. And what we got into speaking about a lot then was the fact that everything is yellow down in England at the minute. So um, now this was filmed about a month ago, so we get into that. But uh, yeah, we'll see you next week um, for that. Hope you guys enjoyed. Um, and yeah. yes, thank you. Grand. Well, thank you very much, everyone. See you for episode number sixty. Well, that's it. Another R2 cast finished, another agricultural mind opened up. And I would just like to say that getting these guests on board uh, does take time uh, and it always has done, but I've now went weekly and with that comes even more time required. And I would just like to finally thank once more the Scottish Farmer for sponsoring the show and making that much more possible. Please be sure to get in touch if you've any ideas of people you'd like to see on the podcast or maybe ideas you have for me presenting better, because I definitely do require that. See you in the next one.